0: Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer podcast. Today we have a special guest on the show, who is a legend in the world of marketing. Today we will be talking marketing with Mark Schaefer, global keynote speaker, best-selling author, and business consultant. His blog and podcast, The Marketing Companion, are at the top of the charts in the marketing field. Mark is the best selling author of nine pathfinding books, including the first book ever written on influence marketing. Mark's books are used as textbooks at more than 50 universities have been translated into 12 languages and can be found in more than 750 libraries worldwide. Let's listen to Mark Schaefer.
1: To be honest, I didn't think today's episode will be possible because I was going through a tough time for the last couple of days, but today's guest is so special to me uh, even my wife said i cannot miss today's episode right so if it was somebody else i swear i would have the schedule so you know uh, there are some people in my life uh, i have never met them but there are very few people who, whose personal and professional life i want to emulate i want to copy that you know i want to be like them in whatever i do the way i behave the way i work and etc right so there are two people like that. One is Mr. Brian Kramer. He has already come on the show. I love him and we, we all heard how cool he is. Another person, he is, he is like a celebrity to me, to be honest with you. I take his word as the truth. Especially when he talks about marketing, professional development, personal development, things like that.
0: So today's guest
1: is Mark Schaefer. Everybody knows him. So let me do an intro of him. He is a globally recognized uh, keynote speaker, educator, business consultant and author. His blog and podcast, The Marketing Companion, are at the top of the charts in the marketing field. He has worked in global sales, PR and marketing position for last over 30 years and provides consulting, as, consulting services as Executive Director of for Marketing Solutions is also the COO of B-Squad Media and several tax tech startups. He has advanced degrees in marketing and organizational development, holds seven patents, and is a faculty member of the graduate study program at Radjalski University. He ha- has so many best-selling books, I have lost count of it. He recently launched his new book, Cumulative Advantage, which just blew people's minds. So he has several books. We will be talking about all that. He's a popular and entertaining commentator and has appeared on national television shows and periodicals including Wall Street Journal, Wired, The New York Times, CNN and CBS News, etc. etc. He's a contributing columnist to the Harvard Business Review and Entrepreneur Magazine. Forget about all this. Go and check out his blog businessgrowth.com you, I'm pretty sure this Person will blow your mind. Right? So without further ado, let me just bring him on. Ah. <laughs> Did I
2: say something wrong? No. Uh, uh, the expectations are pretty high at this point. <laughs> I've never been introduced by saying, I'm pretty sure he's going to blow your mind. So now I have yeah. to find a way. I have to find a way to do it. <laughs> You
1: just have to, you just have to, uh, I have a few questions for you. You just have to answer in your own style. That will be automatically. I'll do, taken my,
2: care best. I'll do my best. Thank you.
1: Oh, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. And, uh, you know, SMB talks, I started this to bring on people like you with an interesting story, with an interesting body of work behind them. So I have curated a set of questions about marketing, about you, uh, your books, your, your uh, annual event which you conduct, etc., etc. So, if you are ready, I can start off.
2: Absolutely, so,
1: I'm you know, ready. To,
2: uh, I'm ready to blow your mind. <laughs> that's that's gonna stay for a while, I believe. All right. So,
1: you know, I know that uh, you know you had a rough 2020. Uh, you know, it's it started off very weird from a personal friend, your know, health, etc., etc. So, how are you doing now, and uh, how is 2021 looking up?
2: Well, it's it's doing fine. Twenty twenty was a, you know, it was a rough year for for everyone I know. Uh, really, I think everyone is suffering in some way. And uh, you know, I had I got COVID early on, and then I had some after, some weird after effects of COVID. I ended up being sick like ten out of the last twelve months. But I'm feeling better now, and uh, yeah, I'm strong. I'm healthy, and I'm excited to be bringing new ideas to the world. I have a lot of things to talk about.
1: Fantastic, fantastic! I, I can't wait to hear about it. All right. So you know, for me, uh, I, I, we were just talking about gurus in marketing. You know, I, I, I unfollowed most of them, and I don't read much of it now. So you know, you are like a, like kind of an encyclopedia in marketing. Form. You bring out simple concept in simple ways, which a person like me can understand. I can take notes of it. I try to implement it in my workplace, et cetera, et cetera. So I, don't, I really want to know how did it, all of this start? You know, I know you started your career with a big company, and how did you become a marketing consultant, an author, and a global keynote speaker?
2: Well, um, I started out as a as a journalism major in, in in college. And um it's funny how everything happens because I talk about in my book Cumulative Advantage, how everything starts with random things. I actually started out as a chemistry major, but I did I did because I love science and I still do, but I didn't like the people in chemistry because they were all They all wanted to be doctors and they were pressured by their parents to be doctors. I thought, this isn't any fun. And I always liked to write and I took a journalism class and I love the people in journalism because they wanted to make a better world and they wanted to fight for the truth. So I switched to journalism. Now who could have predicted that learning to be a good writer would help me now, you know, whatever, 40 years later. at the end of my college career, I took a marketing class, sort of, it was like eye-opening. This is what I want to do. Eventually, got into the corporate world, had an amazing opportunity to have to do great marketing jobs, global marketing jobs. I was able to be a pioneer in um, e-business. And then to, to 2008, I started my own business. And that's when social media was really going mainstream and really it was so hot. And I knew for me to be a consultant and a teacher, I needed to learn about social media and really immerse myself in in what was going on. So as an experiment, I started a blog. Well, the blog became popular because one reason was at that point, there weren't that many bloggers that really had business experience. So uh, I was kind of an I was kind of an old guy even then to start as a blogger, but people liked what I had to say, and that led to to opportunities with books and then eventually public speaking. But I think the key idea is that I worked on my personal brand from the beginning by creating content consistently. I wrote my blog 650 weeks in a row without missing. I've had a podcast now for nine years. I've never missed an episode. So, and and, and the one thing in my mind every day when I create a blog post, a podcast, or a book, here's who I have in mind. You. And here's why. Because you trust me. And when I write, when I create content, I always think, I will never let you down,
1: wow.
2: and I, I, you know I'll do my best. I will never publish anything because I want to earn your trust every single day, and 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 I just keep working, trying to do a little bit better, trying to do a little bit better, and hopefully, you know, my brand will expand.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think you just mentioned uh, your success mantra in one line there. You know, trust of the reader. Absolutely. That's very, very... uh, I'm glad that you moved from chemistry to journalism. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I would not have read any chemistry. Who knows? I could have been working on the vaccine. (laughs) Yeah, possible, possible. Maybe a Nobel Prize. You never know. Right? All right. So one recent blog post which I read about you uh, was, you know, how 2021 will be the most important year for marketing. Yes. Can you can you can you share your thoughts on that? That's very interesting for
2: me. Well, I truly believe that's so. And and um, the reason is is that um, in marketing we've been able to be successful by by incremental improvement every year. So we can learn a little bit about SEO, we can do better on our Facebook ads, maybe a little bit better on our content. But the challenge is that Through the pandemic, all of our customers and all of our markets are changing in millions of ways, large and small. It's really, it's mind-blowing how much is changing. And I wrote a blog post this week uh, saying that we are entering the era of unintended consequences because we can't predict how all of this is going to play out. I used an example in this blog of the behavior of a little girl who, she isn't being picked up by people right now. She can't see people's faces. She's being so, she can't play with other little children. Her parents, you know, pick her up right away. So she is being socialized in an entirely different way that's never happened before in our world. And we don't know how all these things are going to play out. And so this is a time for marketers to really be humble, to don't, we can't assume that we we really know the answers right now. There was someone on LinkedIn that posted some information recently and she said, oh, here's this great report. And this is a consumer behavior report research that was done in 2018, I said, I'm sure this is good work. Nobody can believe that right now. Right. Because we are learning new ways to work, to learn, to entertain ourselves, to commune with each other, to exercise.
1: Right.
2: And every single thing is being, and some things are going to change. Some things are going to go back to the way they were. but And, and some things we have no idea how this right. is going to play out. So this is a very, very important time in the history of business.
1: Right. right. We have already seen a lot of new things happening. Uh, a lot of brands taking a lot of heat in 2020 because of wrong uh, actions, etc. Cetera, et cetera. That's yeah. a very, very, very important uh, point there. All right. Um, another thing which you always t- speak about is company values you know according to your company values plays a critical role in driving marketing so i would love to hear your insights on that
2: well it, I, I i think it can cr- provide a critical uh idea i think overall the idea of values-based marketing or purpose-driven marketing honestly it's a bit overblown
1: right.
2: and here's why I think that. If you if you think about every product you've purchased in the last month, maybe right. you bought a new shirt. Maybe you bought one of my books. Maybe you bought uh, a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, maybe you bought some an insurance policy. If you think yeah. about all the things you bought How many of those products can you say, I know what that company stands for? Uh, Probably none, probably not, right. Maybe a few. So the the, the fact is that all of these products, what they stand for or their purpose is not necessarily that important because sometimes we're just hungry and we wanna go buy a sandwich. Sometimes we're cold and we just need a jacket or you know we need a new we need new glasses because our eyes are getting worse or something right we don't think about what does this company stand for now sometimes we we do so the first point is that all of these products shirts sandwiches insurance policies they all have pe- marketing people working right, right? and so there there are other things to marketing besides value and purpose now. One of the things I wrote in the Marketing Rebellion book, which is right there, is that loyalty is in decline. We are increasingly in a shop around uh, disloyal sort of environment. But one of the things that can really drive loyalty is shared meaning, shared values. So that can be extremely important in a branding effort, but it has to be rooted truly in the DNA of your company. Why were we founded? Why do we exist? Why do we stand for, what do we stand for? It has to be accepted and adopted from the top of the company to the bottom of the company and understood because once you go out there and say, this is what we stand for, you can't really take it back. So it's it's a big decision it can be very very important but also it's not necessarily for everyone there's a lot of content out there right now saying everybody needs to take a stand everybody needs to have purpose that is not true
1: right it's 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 not possible even for some brands to do that they have been operating in a certain fashion for all these while suddenly taking a stand which, it is, which isn't rooted in the uh, DNA of the company, I don't think so, it will work also. Right. Yo, so my, for the, my next question, you know, I, I know you're one of the you know, authentic thought leaders in marketing and you're a big proponent of content marketing. So do you think uh, brands can build authority using content? You know, in, There's another term which you mentioned a couple of years ago about content shock, right? So in this era of content... You know, so much of content coming in, is it possible for brands to rely on content to build
2: their authority? Yeah, well, I think there's two, two big important points here. First right. of all, I think for many companies, we're entering a post-SEO era.
1: Right.
2: Now, a lot of SEO people don't like to hear that. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, there are a lot of big trends out there that show it's more and more difficult, just to summarize it simply, it's more and more difficult for businesses to compete on SEO, especially if you have many competitors. Right. Uh, content shock is part of the reason. There's a lot of content out there competing. There, uh, Google is keeping many of the search results on their own. And really, unless you're one of the big major players that can attract one of the top three search results, your chances of being successful in SEO are pretty minimal. Me, I'm a digital marketing person. What is my chance of owning the digital marketing space on SEO? Zero. Zero. So I have to do something else, and that is work on authority. Why am I speaking to you today? It's not because I'm at the top of the charts on SEO. You didn't Google and find me. You found me because you respect my voice. Right. I've earned your trust to have me on your show because you've read my content for years. That's what authority is about. I don't depend on SEO. I don't, I don't need SEO because I can depend on authority. And that's really, I think, where the future is going to be for most businesses when it comes to marketing. Now, the second point is we're in an era right now where even if we do our the, our great work, we might feel like we're being buried because of this competition. And that, that's why I wrote the, this, the, the new book, Cumulative Advantage, because what this book, proposes is if we're doing our best work and we feel like we're sort of stuck and we can't win on SEO, how do we build momentum to get to that next level? So this book talks about the strategy behind the momentum. So I think those are the two big ideas around authority and and sort of transcending SEO right now. Right, right. So rather
1: than than producing more content, it's it's better to focus on that you
2: Sony boom, etc. right? Yeah, I mean, and I want to emphasize that for some businesses in some industries, SEO is very important. It's absolutely right. critical. But I think a lot of marketing people say SEO is critical for everyone, and not everyone can win. Right, absolutely. Right? absolutely. Not everyone can win. Right. Only, two, basically, in every industry, there are probably gonna be two people who win. And so if you're not one of those two, you've got to do something else.
1: Right. And also you mentioned one interesting point that Google keeps a certain point of search, uh searches for themselves, you know, for
2: their own staff, yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah, That's like 51% right now. <laughs> yeah. So 51%. You know,
1: right. So, you know, my moving on, my next question is a couple of you know, you have mentioned this elaborately in some of your books is personal brands. You advocate a lot for building personal brands. You are a living example of that. You know, the perfect example of a personal brand. So, you know, why a personal brand is important, and what are your what are your quick tips? I know this can this itself can be a one hour long show for you. What are your quick t- tips on some for people who want to really want to build their personal brand?
2: All right. So let me ask you a question.
1: Sure.
2: What's the name of my company? This is cool. Mark Schaefer sure. Marketing Solutions? Nope. Well, yeah. Schaefer Marketing Solutions. Yes. But most people don't even really know. And what I realized is that I started this company, but people really don't care about my company. They care about me. Uh, so increasingly the personal brand is the brand.
1: Right.
2: you don't you don't know and like and trust my logo or right. you know or any or, or the colors on my website. you know and like and trust me. And so increasingly to stand out today, that emotional connection has to be to a person. The research shows that trust in businesses, brands and advertising has declined 13 years in a row. Who do people trust? We trust each other. We trust technical experts, business leaders, company founders, entrepreneurs, our friends, our neighbors, influencers. Because really, influencers are our friends. We think they're our friends. We, we know them and we trust them. So yeah. that's, that's the basic idea of why developing the personal brand is important because that is the source of trust in the world today.
1: Right, right. As you, as you like, the question you asked is perfect. Many people may not remember your company name because you, you, you never speak about that, you know. And your, your, the content which you produce is totally around the concept which is in your brain. So people trust that more than okay. That's perfectly uh, answered. Right. So you know, I wanna, I wanna uh, talk a little bit about you know brand advocacy and things like that. So so many new digital channels and. You know, everyday customer preferences are changing. So, is it possible for a brand today to build a community of, you know, raving fans or advocates? If yes, what are your key advice for the brand owners to do that?
2: Well, again, it, it, it it's there's, it's it varies. I mean, there's no single answer for for everyone, but right. I think. We live in this world where, you know, advertising is less effective. We don't see ads like we used to because we're watching Disney Plus or we're watching Amazon Prime or Netflix, and we don't see ads. And we're listening to our music on Spotify, or you're listening to an audiobook, and you don't hear ads.
1: Right.
2: And so um, we need to uh, we need to to find something else. And I think we're living in a world where people are increasingly alone and isolated and even depressed, especially during the pandemic. And to the extent that we can build community and build that emotional connection, that could be very, very powerful. That's another thing I wrote about in the Marking Rebellion book. And I approached that chapter really sort of skeptically, because when you think of community, you might think of um, like a university or the community around a sport, a sports team. Can you Mm -hmm. really put a community around a company or a brand? And the answer is yes. People love brands just like they love a sports team, just like they love a city or a university. So it it definitely is an opportunity. Um, And, and, but, uh, but again, it has to be, A commitment that's beyond marketing it's really a company-wide commitment to say we're gonna put this community really ahead of everything because we have to build that trust we have to let people be free to engage even free to criticize us and because that's what a community does so again it's not for everyone but it can be incredibly powerful
1: All right. so another, you know, um, when I was reading your blog, uh, another important, different kind of topic which caught my eye was context marketing. You know, uh, I've heard content marketing, I've heard this, but context marketing, it is something new, so I had to go through that. So, you know, you're saying that it's going to be critical in the coming decade or so. What do you,
2: I I want to know what do you mean by that and why is it important? Well, this was... Let me see here. I was referring to a book. This is by Matthew Sweezy. Right. Uh, I think this is one of the best marketing books written in the last five years. Matthew, Matthew did a wonderful job with this. And what Matthew is saying, it really, his book and my book sort of like go like this. Because what he's saying in this book is, Mark Schaefer is right. There's too much content. We're overwhelmed. How in the world are you going to stand out? with content, with SEO, I just, so what he's saying is that with, with AI and the amount of data that's going to be collected from our devices, our devices are really creating content moment by moment by moment. They're telling Google and Facebook and these other apps where we are and who we're with and what we're buying. And so increasingly that marketing is going to be in the moment. It's like, where, what do these people need right now? And the key is how do we do that in a way that builds trust? How do we do that in a way that's not creepy? And there are gonna be companies that cross the line and uh, then all of a sudden context marketing is gonna have a bad name. But I think we need to look at the long-term trend And and understand that we are going to have amazing opportunities to use data in very powerful and helpful ways, and that's really what context marketing is about.
1: Fantastic! Uh, I've heard somewhere saying that we marketers mess up everything. You know, things are all good. We come in and we mess things up. So generally, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, so now uh, we are done with marketing talks. So now I want to talk about you, your world, the Schaefer world, if I may call that. So the first thing which I was eager to ask from the beginning of this talk is cumulative advantage. The latest book you had approached the promotion in a different way. I could see so many amazing pictures of the book plus some amazing bacon reaching people's home, etc. etc. I was I was hoping to get that, but this time I didn't get a book from you. So it's 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 a weird time these days. So next time I will get that sign from you whenever I get the chance. So let's talk about community advantage. What are the key lessons you know from this pessim?
2: Well as as the uh as I talked a little earlier, it's really about momentum. It solves the problem or helps solve the problem of what do we do next? If we're we're living in this overwhelming world, uh, it's hard to stand out. I think every marketer, every business professional, every business has to be really focused on one thing today. How can we be heard? How can we be seen? How can we be discovered? And we're getting buried under this mountain of competition We need to find a way to to get to this next level. And so that led me to research that really started in the 1960s. And it's very well known, it's very proven in academic circles, but it's never really been applied to our world and uh, our businesses. And so that's what I tried to do. I tried to crack this code of how, what is the pattern of momentum? And how can we apply this pattern in a very practical way to build momentum for our own ideas, our lives, and our businesses?
1: Right, right. One of the best things I like about it is that how the entire book goes through the two storylines: you racing with Tim Ferriss. So that, that was amazing for me. Right. So you know your next book, which I have got it. I think it's it's been two three years. I believe Marketing Rebellion. You know, so I want to know some of the, for the listeners, some of the key takeaways from that book.
2: From Marketing Rebellion?
1: Absolutely.
2: Well, the key idea in Marketing Rebellion is, um, a couple of key ideas, is that first of all, one of the reasons that marketing is stuck today and marketing doesn't work like it used to is right. because we've all been working very hard, we kind of see our path and we do a little bit better month by month and year by year. And we have incremental improvement. But in the meantime, our customers have moved over here. Right. We're doing a little bit better here, but our customers have moved over here. Why? Because they have the accumulated knowledge of the human race in the palm of their hand. They don't right. need us like they used to. They can make a lot of good decisions on their own. And, you know, a lot of a lot of marketing gurus out there say marketing is about changing people, manipulating people. I think I don't think that's true anymore. I think marketing today is about. Respecting people and saying, you know, you can make really good decisions on your own today. You don't really need us. How can we come alongside you at your point of need and help you? How can we help you have? a better life, a more interesting life, a healthier life? How can we help you make money, save money, or be more entertained today? That's really what marketing is about, I think, in it's in its essence today. The other key idea is that two thirds of our marketing is occurring without us.
1: Right.
2: So the customer is the marketer. Right. And this is across B2B, B2C, across almost every industry vertical uh, there's very little loyalty that exists anymore and so marketing today requires this new mindset how can we earn our way into that conversation how can we earn our way into this two-thirds and uh, so um, and it's quite revolutionary it's it's, it's quite when I was doing research and understanding the implications, I was afraid to write the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I, I literally, I, I was sitting in this chair and I, I, well, kind of just, I, I almost lost my breath because I thought, I don't know what it means to be a marketer anymore. <laughs> All these things that I believed in, like advertising and PR and, and earning loyalty, it, it, it doesn't exist like I thought it did. And we, well, we, we truly need to adopt a new mindset. And I thought, yeah. I thought there was going to be a big backlash on that book, but just the opposite happened. People embraced that book. They said, you're right. We see it. This liberates us to do what we need to do. And so the subtitle of the book is The Most Human Company Wins. And that's really sort of the call to action in the whole book. And there are hundreds and hundreds of ideas. There are ideas and inspirations on every single page. Um, How can we be the most human company? Because I think at the end of the day, that's what will will drive our progress.
1: Absolutely. I think think every marketer today, uh, at the bottom of their heart, they know that all these tools they know, some of them just don't want to accept that, you know, we have to be empathetic. We have to work and just with the customer rather than pushing our stuff on their face. To trust. Yeah. So everybody knows that just have to matter of acceptance. All right. Yeah. And by uh, the way, I
2: think that's why there's a lot of turmoil in marketing right now, because our bosses, they expect the old ways. Right. They like those ads. They like right. those dashboards. They're trying to hold on to that. Meanwhile, smart marketers are looking at the world, and they're saying, "That's not what's there anymore." So it, it's caught. That's that. What I talk about in the book. That is really the turmoil in marketing right now.
1: Right. right absolutely. So I have one more question about your books. Uh, it's not my fault that you have so many bestsellers. So I have to include one more question, which is, uh, you know, I. I. It is the book which I have. With a sign signature from you, we so sent, sent it from the U.S. So it's one of my favorite books, which is *Known*. You know, so why individuals? You have touched upon this topic. I know that. So
2: why individuals must read *Known*, the book *Known* in today's world? Well, you know, I I I'm very proud of that book, and and the and the reason is I'm so proud of it is because it works. <laughs> right. And I'll tell you a story when I was doing the research for that book, um, I interviewed 97 people all around the world who are known in their field, not just marketing, education and finance and real estate and music and art. And I found that they all did the same thing, the same four things. Right. Um no, no exceptions. So I thought, okay, here's this pattern we can we can learn from. Right. Now, when I talked to these people, it took them on average about two and a half years to be successful. Right. So you need to be consistent, you need to be patient, you grow a little at a time, and then all of a sudden it starts to work. Now, when my book came out. Four months, five months after my book came out, people were telling me, this has changed my life. This has changed my business. I just attracted a million-dollar client because I was following your advice exactly. And I thought, how is this possible? All these smart people I interviewed, it took them two and a half years. How can these other people find success so much more quickly? And then someone said, that's because those other people didn't have your book.
1: <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth.
2: And that it is the truth. Because look, I fumbled around. I didn't know what I was doing. Now, eventually, I stumbled into that path. Right. And figured out those four things. Right. But it took me years to figure that out. Right. Now I have the book. It says, look, this is what you do. And by the way, here are exercises for you to learn how you can do it. That's and people follow that and they stick to it, and it works. It it absolutely works. I get sure. messages from people every single week saying this book changed my life. So it it, it you know it, that's why this is an important book. It, 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 as I look back on my career, known might be my best contribution to the business world because it's just helping so many people.
1: Absolutely. I, I've read it three times, I believe, and I've, I've taken notes and I have implemented things here and there. I will not say I've stuck to the whole thing, but I have taken uh, some some lessons out of it and implemented that myself. Fantastic. I love that book, by the way. All right. So now for my second last question, I want to talk about a little bit about the uprising. That's your event, which you have curated yourself with a lot of amazing people. Uh, I, it is one of the events which I want to attend in my life whenever possible. Uh, so, you know, can you talk a little bit about how this idea came across and uh, how is it happening now?
2: Well, when I when I wrote Marketing Rebellion, I talked about one of the ways to show up as the most human company in your segment is to bring people together. Something very special happens. And I saw this pattern example after example where when you bring people together, everything seems to change. And I, so I was determined I wanted to bring people together, but I didn't want to have a big event. I used to have a big event, 600 people, 700 people, and I hated it because it was a blur. I couldn't really see people. I couldn't really talk to people. So I decided I was going to create an event with 30 people. We're going to go to this lodge in the forest. We're going to to have nice events together, nice food together. We're going to have laughs and we're going to talk about what's next. We're going to learn from each other. What is the future of marketing? Because I'm frustrated. all Every conference you go to is, you know, how do we do a little bit better on this? How do we do a little bit better on this? Let me tell you, my friend, in two years, we will not even recognize what marketing is compared to today. We have to be talking about this. What is the impact on our careers, on our lives, on our businesses, on our families? So that's what this event was about. It was... we, we brought this together. It was the best thing I have done in my career. It was a magical, magical event. Unfortunately, because of COVID, we've had to cancel them. I have created an online event. Uh, The next one is going to be in September. I'm going to be posting about that on my website uh, in the uh, next week. I'm going to announce that event. and The next live event here in America is going to be uh, next April, we're planning for to bring the live event back, and I've 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 already it's already I think two thirds sold out <laughs> next April because people are so eager to to get back together and come back to this event.
1: Absolutely fantastic! I'm so glad that you have such a fantastic initiative. Right. So the final question today is it's a it's a bit of a. Uh, Question for the people who are starting their career because nowadays if you go if a newbie in marketing goes and search on the internet about marketing there's a 99% chance that they might end up with the wrong information you know they might learn wrong things start doing it and then start cursing themselves to be to have chosen this field which i love you love right so what are your top three advice for marketing people who are starting their marketing career?
2: Well, one thing that somebody told me the other day is, um, and uh, again, I, I'm not comfortable always talking about my myself. Uh, I'm, I'm terrible at self-promotion. I'm successful in spite of myself. But someone said to me, Your, the, the last three books, Known, Marketing Rebellion, and Cumulative Advantage, they said, you just wrote the curriculum on how to st- on how to be a beginner marketer, how to right. be an entrepreneur today. If you read those three books, you'll have what it takes to be successful in marketing for a new business. Right. So, and I and I think that's really kind of true. Uh, and yeah. and you know, again, I, I, I'm not here to sell something, but I, I believe in those books, and I know I can see that it's working. And in fact, those books are now being used at many universities, as textbooks, which is a wonderful validation for me. Right. The other thing I would say if you're a newbie marketer is go out and, and, and don't just read books and take classes, but go out and create experiences for yourself. If you can't find a job, go volunteer someplace. Go find a charity that needs help. And just do it and do it and learn. Look, wh- how you know why did I start a blog? Because for me to teach about blogging, I needed a blog. Why did right. I start a podcast? Because I needed to learn what is this about? All right. I'm not really active on TikTok, but yes. I go to TikTok, I learn about t- TikTok, right? right? So you have to immerse yourself and you have to to uh, to to learn about it firsthand. So that would be number two, is 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 get experience. Number three, I would think, is is just to remember, with everything you read, there's a lot of noise out there. Um, but what I I think the filter that we all need to use to be right. successful today is how can we be more human in everything we do. So whether if you're having meetings, how can you make them more human? If you're creating content, how can we make that more human? If you're making a presentation to a customer or to a a partner, how can we make that more human? How do we show our face, show our smiles? Don't use stock photos, use pictures of real people, pictures of yourself, your employees, your customers. Show your heart, show your passion, show your smile, and the most human company will win. So those would be my three pieces of advice.
1: Fantastic. I love that. All right. I think we have come to the end of the show. It was, I didn't even, uh, I didn't even feel that I went through almost 15 questions with you uh, because I can keep listening to you. I can keep reading your blogs, books, uh, you know, so thank you so much for taking time out. and. Uh, please stay safe and uh, take care of yourself. Uh, speak to you soon.
2: Thank you, Vivit, And hopefully we'll see you in America soon. And, Absolutely. And, you know, maybe you could come to the uprising. I'd love to meet you and and uh, see you in person someday soon.
1: Absolutely. That will be the uh, someday in my life. Thank you so much, uh, Mark. Take care. All right. So, you know, how can you not love this person? Tell me. You know, he is... He's like a teacher to me. I remember one night uh, I was kind of drunk and I messaged him asking that, can you be my mentor? I never expected any reply from him. And he replied, what are the KPIs for us? How will we measure our journey together? I was so scared. I didn't reply back. You know, so he's that kind of person. He has mentored a lot of people. Uh, you can go check out his Facebook. You can see the stories he shared about his personal life, mentoring kids from, uh, you know, uh, different different categories and things like that. So I'm so happy that Mark came on the show. Uh, next week we will see you episode 37 as it was all booked out. As I told, I cannot take a leave on Fridays. I have a community builder coming on the show. See you all. Stay safe. Coronavirus is increasing in India and someplace else also. So take care. See you all next week.
0: Thank you for listening to The Thrifty Marketer Podcast. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow The Thrifty Marketer Podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. See you next episode.